This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me is my co-host, TJ Peterson, and possibly Alex Lopez. You'll just have to wait and see uh, if Alex actually joins us today. Uh, that's the mystery for later in the episode. But joining us today, Bally Sports, Florida Panthers host. Welcome back to the show, Miss Jessica Blaylock. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Now, the first week of the Florida Panthers season has come to a close. A bit of a different feel to the team as last year, though not dissimilar in terms of success uh, for that first week. Uh, so, Jess, we wanted to kind of get your take as someone who's around the team all the time and talks to the players, talks to the coaches, talks to everyone. What's kind of the vibe around the team right now? I think that the vibe is really positive, especially considering that the Panthers have been able to get off to a good start. That's something that we saw them do last year, which was so critical in setting them up for long-term success. Um, And of course, you know, starting on the road this season, having the first three games on the road, I think it gave everybody an opportunity, especially considering there are some new faces on the team, Um, kind of gave the team an opportunity to pulled together, uh, you know, especially being on the road, get to know each other a little bit better um, and really bond early on. And I think that's one thing that's kind of stood out is despite the fact that there's been several changes as far as player personnel, there seems to be a really, really good chemistry. And I'll even go back to that first game against the Islanders after the game, Matthew Kachuk saying he feels like he's been on this team for a decade already. Um, So, you know, I think that was the biggest curiosity coming into the start of the regular season was how is this team going to click? Are they going to be able to click early on? Is it going to take a little bit of time considering they have a new head coach, some new faces, a new system? Is it going to take some time to click? And it seems like it really has clicked right away. So I think the vibe on the team overall is really positive. And um, you already see early on a, a very connected dressing room. So there are some first impressions that we that we obviously need to need to get. Like you said, there are a ton of new faces in the locker room in and around the locker room. Uh, so there there are a few that we wanted to kind of focus on, and we're going to start with the one and only uh, Matthew Kachuk, who <laughs> seems to be in the middle of every single event that has happened so far this season. Great start so far in terms of stats. What are the first impressions of Kachuk for you for the locker room? What have you heard? Uh, how are people feeling about Matthew Kachuk? Oh, well, first off, I I think the thing that you love most about Matthew Kachuk is 
he's the guy that you absolutely love having on your team because you know how much other teams hate having to play against a guy like that. Um, and he's been everything is advertised, right? Not just the skill, not just the speed, but the grit, the the incredible attitude that he brings to the ice, that level of compete, that level of intensity, that ability to get under the opponent's skin. And, you know, I think that you already had a team that had some, some toughness having guys like Patrick Hornquist and mm-hmm. Sam Bennett and Ryan Lomberg. So I don't think anybody questioned whether or not the Florida Panthers were a tough team, but he's a different kind of tough in the sense of it's almost hard to explain I I guess in the sense of just really really being able to rattle an opponent not only with the way he plays but uh the attitude that he has out on the ice and I think we've seen it early I mean look at that game against the Sabres after the fire you've got so many of the buffalo players coming over and wanting a piece of kachuk and that's exactly what you want from this guy so i think i think you see right away why bill zito targeted in on a guy like matthew kachuk um everything that you expected to see from him he has brought to the ice so far and he is not disappointed. And I'm telling you what, I think this guy is going to be so much fun to watch in a Florida Panthers uniform uh, for the next several years. I, I just, I, I think he's already quickly become a fan favorite. Oh yes. I think, <laughs> I think fans are already loving every second of getting to watch him play. So um, early impression of Matthew Kachuk, uh, already getting a massive look into what we thought that he could bring to this team. He has absolutely lived up, maybe even early on exceeded the expectations of everything that you wanted to see from him. I, I will say I've already uh, made a very firm decision. The The reverse retros were released to, or announced today. They'll be released yeah. next month. Uh, I will be getting a Matthew Kachuk reverse retro. <laughs> I've decided that hands down already. On pace for over 120 I points already, I believe. What, what was that, Alex? But I'm getting a Matthew Kachuk reverse retro. I have That's a feeling okay. there's we a lot of people getting a Matthew Kachuk reverse retro. <laughs> yes, I, I think uh, there. You know, there was there was a bit of. Uh, I don't want to say there was like a target on his back from fans because how can you replace a guy like Jonathan Huberto? Uh, who who's been with the team for over a decade? Who was also a fan favorite? Trying to just make that swap it's it's hard for a guy like Kachuk to pick up fans that quickly when that's who he has to live up to well uh, and but, I think the one mm-hmm. thing about that you have to understand that they're different players oh you totally know? I, I and I and I get it I because I remember I was on the road for baseball when I heard about the trade I was in Pittsburgh I remember sitting in the hotel lobby grabbing a snack after the game and seeing the the tweets and getting text messages and getting phone calls that Huberto and Mackenzie Weger had been traded to Calgary in exchange for Matthew Kachuk. And of course, like you have an emotional response to it because yeah. Jonathan Huberto, of course, you know, a cornerstone of the franchise for so many years. The story of Mackenzie Weger being yeah. such a late round pick. And what he had done, how how hard he had worked to become a part of a top defensive pairing for the Florida Panthers. 
and, and two just genuinely awesome guys that I loved working with. So of course you're going to have an emotional response and I expect fans to have an emotional response too. But when you remove the emotion out of it and step back and really evaluate the trade as a whole, it made so much sense, especially after you saw what Calgary gave to both Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. Um, and then what you were able to get back yeah. considering, you know, Kachuk had what over a hundred points last season and 42 goals. Yeah, you're, it's not like you're getting a scrappy player in return by any means. So I, I, yes, it's, it's hard to replace a Jonathan Huberto. It's hard to replace a Mackenzie Weger. But when you now see everything that Kachuk is bringing and step back and look at everything kind of big picture, big picture, you understand why the move was made. So you've covered, in addition to hockey and the MLB, you've covered the NFL before as well. I'm curious because I find him to be such a, a fantastic interview. He's like always really good on TV. He, how high is he on best quote, the best quotes list of all your time in working in sports? Because he's got to be pretty high, right? Kachuk? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, he's pretty good. I mean, I, I, I've also covered the NBA. Um, so, I mean, I've really gotten a, a pretty good taste of all four major sports and different sound bites um, and talked to a lot of different guys, a lot of different personalities. Um, and he's, he definitely ranks pretty high pretty high on the list so far. Um, and I mean, especially just even stemming from his introductory press conference, has there been a better quote than, you know, I hate Edmonton, but I hate Tampa even more. I, I, it's that moment right there immediately solidifies the relationship that he has with Florida Panther fans in yeah. my, opinion. um, everything he said in that introductory press conference could have been put on a t-shirt or <laughs> a of Panthers bumper sticker or, you know, I, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's awesome. And uh, I'm telling you, like I said, we're, we're going to have fun for, for the next, what is it? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Watching this guy play, listening to him talk about the game uh, and, and, <laughs> seeing the way that he interacts especially with the teams that he's playing against i am very excited to uh to see matthew kachuk back up that quote tomorrow night uh, <laughs> that, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun to keep an eye on i'm, I'm i almost want to put up like a fake bet on twitter about which lightning player is most likely to go after him first I oh it's gonna be Pamela. Oh totally. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's that's gonna be interesting to keep an eye out for because yeah, I mean we've uh we've kind of been building up to this matchup with the lightning ever since that press conference. And so yeah. to get it so early on in the season, um yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. I just want to say if Kachuk is out there against Maroon. I'm not so worried about a fight. I'd be worried if I were the lightning about giving up a goal. Cause that's, a, that's a major mismatch right there. <laughs> I almost think they have to put out Maroon against Kachuk just to try and get something going though. Yeah. Get well, the Panthers offense going. 
Tampa's <laughs> obviously and look, I don't think Tampa at the end of the day is a one in four team. Um, I think we've seen some some odd records early on this year. I think we've seen some really, really mm-hmm. odd games early on this season. I would never ever underestimate the lightning in a second. Um, so I think this is going to obviously be a heated contest. It always is. I love that this rivalry has taken on so much life. I love that it has become so testy. Uh, I, I just, I love everything about it. I love everything about it. And uh, you better believe everybody, especially Matthew Kachuk is going to be ready to go for that puck drop. I, I will say just for the for the sake of uh, posterity, my my bit for the season, I do think that Tampa is genuinely a one and four team. Uh, I I strongly <laughs> believe with all of my heart and all the sincerity and no no sarcasm whatsoever that they will finish eighth in the division uh, where they currently sit. Uh, wow. But moving on from uh... all right, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we'll come back to this in a couple of months. And hey, I I would not be mad about it. I would no. not be. It well, the all. only thing I'd be mad about is that we wouldn't get uh, some playoff revenge, but <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, and by later, I mean like April. <laughs> the 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 next uh, first impressions that we would love to get your take on, of course, is the new head coach, Paul Maurice, one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NHL in terms of his head coaching career, obviously not in terms of the team he's currently with. What what are your thoughts on on Paul Maurice his style how it might have how it may have changed from his long time in Winnipeg uh, what are you seeing from Paul Maurice that you've liked so far I love that he is really easy to talk to I love that he's very media friendly he enjoys talking to the media he enjoys answering our questions um, he, and he's just been a lot of fun I, I mean I'm still getting to know him I'll I'll be honest because I was still covering baseball. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to go to hardly any practices or a lot of training camp um, just because of my baseball schedule. So I do still feel like I am getting to know him, but my early impressions of him have been, you know, you can feel so comfortable around him right away. You just immediately feel at ease. And I think that that, like has to stem to the players and you know I had a chance to talk to a couple of them right before opening night and and asked a few of them just what it's been like so far playing for for coach Maurice and uh, I think it was Gustav Forsling who told me you know he just always knows the right thing to say he just always knows the right thing to say in the moment um, whether it's you know to to get you fired up or whether it's to calm you down or whether it's to encourage you or, you know, whatever it may be, he just always knows the right thing to say at the exact right moment. And I think, you know, feeling that level of comfort early on with somebody who, who just kind of automatically puts you at ease, um, knowing you have a guy who has your back, knowing you have a guy who kind of knows the right thing to say to get you going in whatever circumstances, um, I, I think that, you know, that's that's all positives so far. And I, I think the team is still in the process of maybe figuring out their identity a little bit and seeing what they're going to look like this season. And, you know, the big thing that 
Paul Maurice always talked about was, you know, adding defensively, but not subtracting offensively and trying to find that balance. And obviously, you know, with Aaron Ekblad being out, uh, unfortunately, long-term, they've already had to play a, game, a couple of games without Brandon Montour. You know, they kind of had to f- figure out some things early on as well as figuring out their identity and what they're ultimately going to look like as a team. So I think uh, to have a guy like Paul Maurice also in all of that, who has so much experience is also a really good thing to have behind the bench because he has seen everything, right? Like he has seen probably every situation, every circumstance. Uh, and so to, to have a guy who, who has a familiarity with whatever a team is going to be up against, I think that's another, you know, really good thing to have behind the bench for the Florida Panthers. You know, I was actually listening to another podcast this morning that was talking about the coach's role in motivating a team when when they're uh, when they're a little off their game. So I, having not heard much about what Maurice is like, what how the players feel about him more specifically from his time in Winnipeg, from his time in Toronto, whatever. Haven't I, I just haven't heard much about how players feel about him? Just kind of how fans feel about him and what his record is. Uh, so hearing that players are comfortable around him, that he always knows the right thing to say, really plays into that idea that at the end of the day, yeah, the coach's, the coach's job is to draw up strategies and decide who plays when, but motivating his team to play their best is ultimately one of a coach's most important responsibilities. So that's very comforting to hear. <laughs> Maybe you're the yeah. next great coach, Jess. <laughs> For sure. Sometimes I, I that's... I'm guessing sometimes has to be the most difficult balance for a coach is knowing when to push and when to back off a little bit. Um, but I think that's, that seems to be one of the things that has stood out early on about the way the players have responded to Paul Maurice is, is it seems to seems to be that he has that balance, right. Of knowing when to say the right thing at the right time, when to push a little bit, when to back off, um, but again, like I said, it, it's still so early on in the season. I'm sure there's still a little bit of, of, you know, Paul Maurice getting to know, uh, the ins and outs of mm-hmm. each one of the players, especially because there's so many different personalities on the team. You know, you look at a guy like Alexander Barkov, who's not going to necessarily be as vocal. Uh, he's going to try and lead by example on the ice. Then you have a guy like Patrick Hornquist who is going to be vocal. Uh, then you have a guy like Ryan Lomberg who uh, brings the intensity and the, and the physicality. And then you have a guy like Kachuk who's going to be involved in everything. And, you know, there's so many different personalities on the team. Um, so I'm sure coach is still, learning the intricacies of each player um and learning you know how how to balance each guy what makes them tick um I I I would I would think that would be one of the biggest challenges of a coach especially a coach who is in his first season with a team but he seems to be handling it really well so far and hopefully this leads to some stability I mean the guys who have been around a while like Barkov and Ekblad I mean I think this is Barkov's seventh head coach yeah, they've been through quite a few. Quite a <laughs> in few. His, uh, last night was his 600th game, and he's he's been through, I believe, seven coaches from yeah. uh, Kevin Deneen to Paul Maurice, something like that. So hope, hopefully we do get some stability uh, out of this uh, as well. So we've got a couple, uh, a couple of less on-ice hockey things uh, that we wanted to talk to you about and a little bit more fun 
Uh, not that the on ice hockey hasn't been fun this season. The Panthers are doing something a little bit unique for the NHL. They're not the only team doing it, but they did start with the individual goal songs. Yeah. This season, we've only had the one home game so far, and we had three goal scorers. In my opinion, the best goal song is Carter Verhage's. Uh, <laughs> so I'm definitely not biased. Uh, so perfect. <laughs> For him, though. <laughs> it really is. Especially with his nickname being Swaggy. And yeah, swag exactly. All these different variations of swag. It's just, it's so perfect. And I think we're all very excited to start hearing everyone else's goal songs. Uh, but we don't want anything spoiled for us, necessarily. What we would like to know, Jess, is what would your goal song be? How crazy is it that you asked me this? Because I was literally just randomly thinking about this earlier today. Um, what would my goal song be? And I, like, I am a classic rock girl all the way. Led Zeppelin is my all-time favorite band. So I would probably do When the Levee Breaks by Ooh, Led nice. Zeppelin. Um Starting because from the beginning that, or like, starting from which point of the yeah, song? Yeah, because that harmonica is like the drum beat is awesome. Then the harmonica comes in and you just can't help but get pumped up. Um, and plus like the, you know, the opening lyrics, if it keeps on raining, Levy's going to break. Like, could you somehow kind of mean it? Like if it keeps on raining goals, like Levy's going to break. I, I don't know. Maybe you could almost like kind of interpret the words in a sense too of goal scoring, but I feel like I probably would go with um, "When the Levee Breaks" by Zeppelin. That's a great choice. I love. I, I love That's the uh, the choice. meaning behind that top the first line. Also, thank you. Or um, "Foxy Lady" by Jimi Hendrix. And <laughs> from World when um, he's doing, you know, "Foxy Lady" and like the. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> So what you're saying is you, not only would you have a goal song, you would have the choreographed goal celebration exactly. while the goal song exactly. is on. That is next level. Yeah, so I feel like that that could be pretty good. Is it? Yeah, when Garth in Wayne's World is like <laughs> doing little like ears along with like the fox ears along with the lyrics from Foxy Lady. So I'll go with either When the Levee Breaks by Zeppelin or Foxy Lady by Jimi Hendrix. Great choices either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on a more personal note, also, my my sister got me a birthday present years ago, which is a uh, a, a guitar strap that is a replica of Jimmy Page's. Nice, that is awesome. I have a drum set in my home, and I do you play that? I I use the term play very loosely. Like I can carry a beat. <laughs> I'm not good at fills. But my one goal in life is to master Moby Dick to pay oh. tribute to John Bonham. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's going to take me the rest of my life to learn <laughs> Moby Dick. And then that might still not even be enough. But um, it's one of my goals in life is to learn Moby Dick on the drums. That is awesome. Very cool. Thank so you. everyone listening, uh, I think most of you probably learned something about Jeff Blaylock tonight. <laughs> today. <laughs> That I love Led Zeppelin. That I can. That you're a drummer. <laughs> that I can very, very poorly play the drums. Um, but I will try and get better now that I have more time to actually practice. Yeah, now, you're, now that you're down to fantastic. one tune instead of two. And down to what? 
down to one team for the rest of the, the rest of the year yeah. instead of two and yes. not every day. So that, that, so we'll have you on at the end of the season and you're going to bang out Moby Dick for us. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I should be able to learn Moby Dick in just a matter of months. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. We might Not we long. might have to schedule that for like February before before the MLB really kicks back up. Yeah. So well, then look I out for our All Star Break some... special where Jess Blaylock solos the drums for us. I might have to schedule some private lessons <laughs> with uh, Bonham. He can or help do it me. on Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would work too. That would be acceptable. That that would that would be an acceptable uh, substitute. And the one final kind of off-topic question that uh, that we really had is, like like we mentioned earlier, the NHL revealed their reverse retros uh, for this season today. Obviously, the Panthers have a fantastic jersey with the palm tree logo, the light blue primary. Love it. Love Besides it. the Panthers, uh, the Panthers reverse retro. Which one is your favorite? Yeah, so I need to maybe take a better look at all of the ones around the league because I think the only two that I really took a good look at besides the Panthers were the Avalanche and the Stars and wasn't a huge fan of either one of those in particular. Hmm. So to be determined on which ones I like after the Panthers I think I was just so obsessed with the Panthers reverse retros that I just didn't even have time to look at any others besides the Panthers uh I love I love I love the the palm tree and the and you know the hockey stick like just crossing each it's just so perfect and then that blue um it's just so good. I I don't know. I think they just look so cool. Like, I just think they're so good. So, um, yeah, it's going to be hard for any other team to even come close to the <laughs> Yeah, I'm very excited that we're finally getting some use out of that logo. It's it's one of the best logos in the entire NHL, if not all of sports. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, like I know it was dropped when they went to the New Jerseys. And I think the Panthers even themselves realized pretty quickly, oh, this was a mistake. We need to bring this back. And now it's really back in it. I mean, it's not even just Panthers fans being biased. Like everyone who's doing like, oh, reverse retro ratings has the Panthers either as the best one or one of the top three. And that's essentially two years in a row. Like you guys are good at this Panthers. Like maybe one of these (laughs) should just be a permanent third jersey. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see it in action this season. It's gonna look, it's gonna look sweet. Yeah, ESPN and the Athletic both had the Panthers reverse retro as the best among this year's batch, I believe. So I think we're 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 kind of coming up on time with you, Jess. But before before we let you go, uh, where can people find you? Obviously, Bally Sports. But let us know where 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 can people find Jess Blaylock. So on Twitter at Jess Blaylock on Instagram at Jess L Blaylock and I'm getting too old for new sorts of social media. So those are pretty much the only two that I'm active on. I can only handle so many social medias at one time. So Twitter and Instagram is the best way to connect with me. You know, it's interesting because the victory dances from a couple of seasons ago would make, would make some great TikTok content. Okay. So (laughs) 
just a little bit of background on the victory dances and why I had to stop. Unfortunately, gosh, this makes me sound even that much older. So I had some pretty serious lower back issues. Um, I had a herniated disc that was impinging upon my sciatic nerve and literally like, Oh my goodness. I was in rough shape for a really long time. So just the, the state of my back and my back issues did not lend to me dancing in any way, shape or form. So I had to retire them um, like just literally for my own health sake. Uh, but I'm really going to try. I'm in a better place now physically. So I'm really going to try maybe for special occasions this season every once in a while for old time's sake to bust out a Florida Panthers victory dance. So yeah. well, that is something to look forward to be on the lookout. <laughs> and I in the meantime, maybe you can convince Chick, Jovo or Randy to fill in for you. Yeah. Well, we got Jovo involved in one of them uh, <laughs> one time. So that was a lot of fun. So yeah, maybe I'll try and maybe I'll see if like Goldie wants to sneak in on one every once in a while or Randy or yeah, we'll get the whole gang involved. Make George do them. Well, George was an active participant. Frank Fort was an active participant. Um, so, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of uh, willing participants in order to help me make the victory dances that much better. So, we'll we'll have to we'll have to make something happen at some point again this season. All right. Well, look forward to the return of victory dances, and make sure to tune in to the Florida Panthers all season on Ballet Sports. Jess Blaylock, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Jess. Thanks again to Jess Blaylock for joining us uh, to just talk a little bit about the first week and some uh, more more interesting and fun personal things. Always fun having having Jess on the show. Uh, I like that we're going to be able to call Jess a friend of the show now that she has been on more than once. Moving on to less fun stuff, though. Aaron Ekblad is injured. This again. is my nightmare. The one player who we needed to stay healthy will miss at least 10 games. Uh, it's, a, it's a groin injury of some sort. Uh, the Panthers did put him on LTIR, recalling Lucas Carlson and Matt Kierstead, uh, who have both already played for the Panthers since this injury announcement. Uh, really not ideal for the Panthers to have Ekblad out, but uh, he he can't seem to go a year without being on LTIR. Yeah. yeah. And and this one's a groin strain, which is essentially a tear in the muscle. That's not good. Those no. things linger. It is a like, new injury for him, though. Yeah, it is a new injury. That's the only thing you can say. Mm-hmm. The uh, one thing that you could say in the positive column is that it, it's a very good time for him to get hurt because not only is it the very beginning true. of the season – but the schedule coming up is really soft. Yeah. We play eighth place Tampa uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow to, to kick off that soft schedule. Well, we did have Philadelphia without him also, but that that's already in the win column. So whatever. Uh, eighth place Tampa. Uh, then the Panthers also have games against Chicago, Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim. I mean, not great teams, at least over the next two weeks or so, two or three weeks. 
which should eat up most of the time that he's out, hopefully. So, yeah, I mean, as far as logistics are concerned, this is not a bad time of the year to lose Aaron Eckblad. Yeah, but there's no good time with this team. We've already talked about it. They're so shallow on D. I don't think it's quite as bad as like the national media and the pundits would lead you to believe because guys can step up and play a role in the system like and really become very useful. Uh, It's not that difficult. We've seen, you know, Gustav Forsling get picked off off picked up off waivers and become a useful player last year. Like Lucas Carlson played like 45 games and was very useful. He's back probably should be able to replicate at least some of the success he had, especially when his regular partner in that time, Brandon Montour comes back because he did miss the last two games, but the injury is not supposed to be as significant. He's probably going to be back in the lineup soon, maybe not tomorrow today, if you're listening, but soon. And uh, Matt Kierstead, friend of the show, you know, noted goal scorer, almost got another one yesterday. He's somebody that, you know, he can play and then in, in, in the NHL, he's already proven that. And he's not necessarily a guy that you're going to be able to count on for 30 minutes a game and, you know, power play penalty, kill everything, but he's functional. And, and I want to talk about, and I'm sure Jake wants to talk about it too. Uh, <laughs> one guy that we really should be bringing up in terms of, taking defensemen and making them really functional is Josh Mahura because his yeah. first three, four, four games as a Panther have been really nice. You've been able to see how he fits into the system that they play very well in terms of what he's good at, what he's not good at. They can emphasize his strengths, hide his weaknesses. He's asked to carry the puck out. They love it when a defenseman can carry the puck out. He doesn't have to do a whole lot else. You know, defensively, the forwards get involved. He doesn't have to be always responsible for two or three guys. And he's going to get a few more goals, I think, because he, even in Anaheim, was getting involved in the offense. And he's somebody that reminds me of Brandon Montour more than Gustav Forsling, honestly. I think he's going to be more of that kind of defenseman. Yeah, I have been a big fan of Mahura so far. Um, Well, he leads all Panthers defensemen right now and expected goals for percentage. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, he and Gutis have been really good together also. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that has to do with his Brandon Montour like play style that Gutis can kind of sit back a little bit and give Mahura a little more freedom to, to roam. Uh, interestingly enough, Mahura and Montour were teammates very briefly, uh, before Montour was traded to Buffalo. They were teammates in Anaheim. Uh, and yes, Josh Mahora was in the NHL at that time. Oh my God, uh, they were teammates. Oh my God, they were teammates. <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited to make that joke anytime we talk about anyone. Like Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk, we could do the same thing. They did play together, though. Uh, like actually play together. I don't think Mahora and Montour were ever like paired up, uh, but they were on the Anaheim Ducks and playing in games for the Ducks at the same time. So there is also the familiarity there. But yeah, no, Mahur has been really impressive. Uh, hasn't really made any significant defensive mistakes. Uh, has shown to be pretty solid in the offensive zone. Yeah, could be a really, really nice little reclamation project for Bill Zito. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it again and again. The Panthers needed to find a defenseman and hit on one. They didn't really break. Like Mark Stahl, I think we can all agree, they did not hit on that one. He is awful. 
Uh, he got burned again yesterday. I want to talk about him later, though, too. But yeah, Mahura looks like a really solid pickup. And now with Ekblad out for at least 10 games, like you need Josh Mahura to be something. And so far, it's been a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, totally agree. And I think that once Brendan Montour comes back, Brandon Montour, not Brendan, sorry. Sorry to Mr. Montour. But he's going to be able to slot back in on the power play and do a lot of things offensively that'll help take the the load off of the shoulders of the forwards. And he's somebody that's important to this team right now too. So it's going to be good to have him back. But playing against that Flyers team coming off the second night of a back-to-back, you know, it, it was a pretty good spot for them to not have either guy. And uh, the Boston game was the opposite. Like once you <laughs> saw them go down to four D, you knew that like it was going to take some kind of PDO miracle for them to win that game because come on, it's Boston's a really good team. You're playing with four defensemen. Your two highest paid defensemen are the ones that are out like that. Come on. You, you can't e- expect them to do much more than they actually did in that situation. Which and- is interesting. Cause I think the third period was their best period. Of that game, <laughs> And they almost did it. Like they right. had a shot. Like, I mean, you know, Kachuk with a bad cross-eyes pass, but like they had a shot. Yeah, I mean, that was still a really difficult maneuver by DeBrusque to score from there, yeah. and he did it. But, you know, there was a lot of iffy moments in that game, and uh, Bob did keep them in it to an extent. But uh, let's talk about somebody that made a notable play in that game, or maybe didn't make a play that was notable in that game, and that's Mark Stahl. In every single game so far, other than the Philly game, I guess, he's made, in my estimation, one just extremely boneheaded mistake that directly led to a goal. In the Islander game, it was the turnover that made Gudis commit the penalty where the Islanders scored on the power play. Then in the I, Buffalo I don't know game, if you can say that that's a direct. Thing. But I mean, the, the turnover was so brutal and they scored on the power play. Like you got to hang but, the goal and on look, him. I will blame everything I possibly can on Mark Stahl, but yes, he turned the puck over, but he didn't force Gudis to commit a penalty. He didn't force the I mean, the he PK pretty much did, though, because like, otherwise like, it was going to be a goal. Gudis had to take a very that bad a play penalty. that led to some bad things, but he wasn't directly responsible for the goal. Not uh, like uh, falling down while backchecking against Alex Tuck. I, I, I'm just going to say, look, let's not argue about this. It was definitely a bad play, but let's move on and talk about him falling against Alex Tuck. Cause that looked like a, uh, oops, I slipped on a banana peel. So I don't have to, I don't have to show, show everyone how bad of an angle I took. Like, Oh, it wasn't my fault. I slipped. I'm but sorry. Like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Alex, are you positing that Mark Stahl fell on purpose just yes so absolutely to, to, to look less bad yes absolutely absolutely players do that shit all the time in every sport <laughs> that is quite the take they do that shit all it. the time I in every it. sport like that was i'm like i'm gonna look really bad no there's so. no way there's no way that he couldn't have made a better a good enough play to at least make that a harder shot no, because his angle was so bad, Tuck was already past All he him. Do and he's a throw so stick slow back. skater also. No, he was Look, so Tuck, Tuck would still have beaten him, but he at least could have put some pressure down. No, his angle was so bad. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Jacob. His angle was so bad. And like, you know, the funny no thing shot. is, 
And you know, the funny thing is right after that, there was about four periods between that and whatever the heck was that attempt at defending David Posternock, where he just like completely freezes. It's like my internet connection. It just completely stopped. Yeah. Didn't do anything. There was like four periods where I felt like he was actually looking okay. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe he is going to be a, a way more functional than I had been saying. He's not going to be that liability. And then, oh, it showed up again. And I'm going to cope cop to not watching the Flyers game, at least most of it. But I heard that he was on the ice for a couple of goals against in that. He was bad, yes. Yeah. Lucas Carlson, Matt Kierstead, are these guys all-stars? No. Are these guys top four D even? Do no. not disrespect Lucas Carlson like that. You know I love Lucas Carlson, but the point is that I think that you can get more out of those guys and pretty much anybody else that has reached what's close to the NHL level than what you're getting out of Mark Stahl right now. I don't really think that you can – ignore the fact that he's just giving up goals by himself on a nightly basis. So Mark Stahl is the only Panthers defenseman below a 50% expected goals for percentage. I want to repeat that he's the only Panthers defenseman below 50%. He's sitting at 41%. So he's not just below 50. He's like bad. (laughs) He's also one of only two Panthers defensemen below 50% Corsi. Yeah. The other being Aaron Ekblad. <laughs> and but Ekblad has a an expected goals for percentage above 50, which means that he is either on the ice for very good shot attempts for, or he's on the ice for not good shot attempts against, or some combination thereof. So even though his course is below 50, it's nice to see that he's uh, he's not allowing quality chances. And then there's Stahl, who is sitting at 41% expected goals for as the only defenseman below 50. I think that after we talk about that, because it really is becoming an emergency, I think, like, it it really doesn't seem like it makes sense to talk about anything else. If we're going to talk about guys on the roster, how they're doing, how they're not doing, it's like, okay, how much longer can they justify putting this guy out there if he's going to be so bad on you know a certain play every night that his defense partner, no matter how good they play it, they can't make up for the mistake? We're going to have to see, I guess. I mean, Mark Stahl is also in the third in time on ice. <laughs> um, is it worth talking about how good Kachuk has been, or would you say it's basically what was I advertised? Mean, yeah, if we're talking about how good and bad certain players have been, we knew Mark Stahl was going to be this bad too, and we just spent like 10 minutes fair on enough, it. Fair enough, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Kachuk fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's leading cool. leading all Panthers forwards in uh, in Corsi four percentage is second in expected goals four percentage behind only Etula Starnin. Interesting. Yeah, no, Kachuk has been fantastic. Everything as advertised. He has what five points? I think maybe six, five or six. Yeah, I think he might he have two assists. I think he had two assists last night. He did have two assists last night. He's got two goals or three? Two. Let's just two. look. Two goals and four assists for six points over four games. And again, like take everything we're saying with the with these stats with a grain of salt because the sample sizes are very small. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they are also more or less showing kind of what you'd expect. You also, would expect Stahl to be on the bottom. You would expect Kachuk to be on top. Matches the eye test, which like also I refer that. to stats more than the eye test because generally like it's way harder to just take all of the footage and like remember it holistically in your brain. Like getting that one number that you can just reference real quick. It's, oh, Mark Stahl, 41%. Rather than me being like, well, there was that turnover in that game and he fell down in that game and blah, 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 spending 45 seconds. And by the time I fit 15 seconds, you want me to shut up already. That's why (laughs) the numbers are, you know, so useful because it's really hard to remember everything. But, you know, if you could, the eye test would be the best thing to use, but it's, it's just not possible, but it matches up with the eye test in terms of stall being bad, Kachuk being good. Like I could tell right away, like, in the first game, it's like, oh, this guy wasn't being dragged by Gaudreau and, and Lindholm. He's for real. Fun fact. The Florida Panthers third line has not yet conceded a goal. Yeah, it's been really good. <laughs> Colin White especially. Really yeah, good. Yeah, I've been very impressed by Colin White. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a good week for the Panthers. Good week to start the season. Uh, and we have a relatively soft schedule coming up i don't want to jinx anything by saying oh we're gonna fucking go 11 2 and 1 without ekblad but relatively soft schedule coming up we'll uh, learn some goal songs we'll, we uh, will we learn some goal songs and we'll talk Carter about Verhage. those more as we get more of them yeah uh but for now i want to talk about reverse retros can i talk Yay. about one more player one more player first depends who sam reinhardt He's just snake bitten right now. Yeah, I don't know how much there really is to say about him. He needs he needs a little bit of puck luck, but he's been decent. Real quick, A, the line combination with Barkov and him doesn't work. B, just unlucky. A or B? Yep. Both. Por que no los dos? Okay. Interesting. Um, I mean, Barkov set him up for a goal yesterday. It was wide open net and he missed the net. But, like, I, I just don't think that's the best match. Like, Barkov has not looked has not looked dangerous so far. Reinhardt really hasn't looked dangerous. Like, they, so, but, I mean, the, he's looked dangerous. It's just a matter of the, none of the goals going. The problem the there is you can't put Sam Reinhardt on the fourth line. And the second and third lines have both been incredible. Fair. So what, like, what do you do to fix that? Fair. Uh, yeah. If the third line hasn't given up a goal yet, you don't break that up. But right. I, I just want to. And the second that. line has been fantastic with Kachuk and Bennett and Balsers. And like you said, small sample size. Maybe Reinhardt's going to score a hat trick tomorrow against Tampa. And Mark, right. I was going to get the primary assist on all three. We'll see. Reverse retros. I didn't want to stay on that topic way too long. ESPN ranked the Panthers reverse retro as number one. The Athletic ranked the Panthers reverse retro as number one, I believe. That might not be true. I, didn't I think that. they did. Yes, they did. They. Um, it's it's really outstanding. And I know that this is not good. a visual medium, but you know, if you if you haven't seen it, first of all, how are you listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it? But it's fair to say we're all big fans. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I love the color. I love the I mean, I hated the jet blue jerseys. I love what they did here. Yeah, way better. The the blue is fantastic. The palm tree logo as, you know, the palm tree stick crossed is is awesome. If I have a single complaint, the logo is slightly too big for me. It's just a little too much. But I'm 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 really I have a feeling that opinion will change when you see the jersey in person. Fair. 
Not that I've seen the jersey in person to be able to like claim that so confidently, but yeah, the jerseys in person they'll be bigger. The logo is the same size on every jersey. Fair enough. And the model who was wearing it was a smaller girl, so that's probably why it felt look it looked so big. So yeah, you guys are probably right there, but I I love it. It's it's you know it's the um, it's the meme with uh, from Homeland you know Homelander from the boys just saying perfect every detail just just perfect. My one complaint would be I don't love the the shoulder patches. I actually do the FLA with the sun. Not for me, but I to really each their own. Like that, Alex. Your thoughts on? I mean, the shoulder patch is fine to me. I, I again, we're nitpicking when we're talking about the shoulder mm-hmm. patch. Like considering what some of these other teams did, talking to you, Chicago, talking to you, Tampa, talking <laughs> to you. Detroit. Oh, I love Tampa's. Tampa's is garbage. I so love let's it. let's get Horrible. into let's get into this. So. The, what we really want to, what I really wanted to get from you guys on this little segment was just like the best and the worst. We're not going to go through all thirty-two of them. That would take like we would need we would need our I own think episode. Back. So many of them are just like it's fine, good, right? So many yeah. of them are like good. I want to yeah. talk about the great ones and the terrible ones. I got a terrible one. Calgary, like yeah, what what's you... with the diagonal stripe? It, 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 it like it got it's like a misprint. It looks like the like the jersey got like printer ran out of ink. No, it didn't. Look, it, no, like, not the, even the that. TJ, it, have you like gotten a close up look at Calgary's? Yeah, there's the stripe on the bottom, and then just like the random section of it that's slanted. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it was it was. Wyshynski Here's a draft of the Flames Reverse Retro. Oh, good. We're gonna fix that stripe before it ships, right? Before what now? Like. <laughs> That's what it feels. And you like. know, uh, the irony is that there's probably some Calgary fans hate listening to this episode for some reason. Reminder: we don't hate Calgary. We hope Huberto and Uyghur do really well. I personally think it's fine. I think it's in that category of jerseys that aren't worth remarking on. If if they didn't have the stripe on the bottom, if it was just a normal stripe, it would just be in the fine category. Right. That other than that one weird the sash piece, it's a good jersey. You know what jersey I hated is Montreal's. Like I disagree. Fine. there's so many blue. <laughs> like, there's so many things to draw from in their history. Like they had a, a bunch of retro jerseys. I think it was like 10 years ago where they did like the barber pole design and they did the one that was blue with the two stripes. That was like a darker blue, like a royal blue. This one is just I, I don't get it. Like somebody said like, expos, like yeah, it's but it doesn't expos. really remind me of the expos. There's not enough red. I like it's it. Just blue like it's fine it's not great it's not terrible the montreal jersey is fine i liked the montreal i thought that it was is one not one that i was that i was that i thought we would talk about it's my honest. least favorite it's just because like what is this that's your least favorite what what is this like what am i supposed to think of this all right do you here's here are the absolute trash like we'll never look at them again as long as i don't have to mm-hmm. reverse retros for me mm-hmm. this year yeah tampa's Garbage, absolute garbage. It's disgusting. I love, I love it so bad. It's good. You're no. you're wrong, but whatever. St. Louis, not a fan. I I think St. I Louis, like St. Looks Louis awful. I'm with Alex. I, I don't like, like the Louis. color. I don't like the design. I just it's uh, no. It's different. That's what I like about it. But not good. Different. I wouldn't say bad opinion. different necessarily. Yeah, to each their it's, own, obviously. St. Louis is gross to me. Like, that's that's not a good jersey to me. I wouldn't go out and buy it, but I think it's kind of cool. What were the other two? I Detroit and Chicago, obviously. What the hell are they doing? Other yeah, than, I mean, co- other than is... copying each other's homework. 
<laughs> yeah, we have designs exactly. in the past that were were pretty similar to the the ones that they rolled out as reverse retros. But I mean, like they're in the past for a reason. We forgot about them for a reason, right? So those, Detroit that, has some. That's like that's versions. my list. That's like those are the four that are just awful to me. Mm-hmm. Another uh, one that I thought was bad is Columbus. Columbus's is on the whatever list. Like, yeah, I also um, have a list of ones that are just boring, and Columbus is on that list. Yeah, I, I think we pretty much covered the worst ones. Um, All right, what were your other favorites then, Alex? Uh, well, real quick, I mean, Alex I likes because... Anaheim's. Yes, for real sure. Quick, though. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say I don't like the Oilers that logo. I'm just not a fan of the logo. But yeah, See, I, I feel like it's I a love that logo. Right, I love that logo, but I don't feel like the jersey did the logo justice. But the uh-huh. logo is good enough that I'm not considering the Oilers jersey among the worst. It honestly looks like an item you'd find in a Pokemon. Copy paste everything Jake just said, Winnipeg. Yes. I love the logo. The colors. Actually, no, I, I don't agree with that. I think Winnipeg's is good. Okay. Um. Okay, let's go over some of your favorites. Uh, Vancouver, I loved it. Yeah, Lumberjack, that's, that's a nice one. That's yeah. something different that actually works. Yep. I Obviously, I loved Anaheim. I mean, I'm a sucker for OG anything Ducks jerseys. Ducks. <laughs> well, anything Mighty Ducks, but like the OG Ducks jerseys were just so great. Yeah. Teams go in shifts with their logos. I think Anaheim is finally realizing that's the jersey they need to be putting out there because that's the jersey that looks the yeah, best. Yeah, but that's, that's the jersey they had when Disney owned the team and had the rights to the Mighty Ducks logo. Yeah, but they like this is what everybody wants. They're going to get there eventually. They like just dis- have to buy the licensing rights no, from they ha- Disney. They have the licensing rights. That's why we see the logo right there. Mm-hmm. True. The one that Disney has is the District 5 jersey. The one that they says al- Docs. Yeah, which they allow, which they actually allowed the NH. Because remember, the guys wore them last year when the, uh, the, the Warmings, new show came yeah. out. True. I'm going to be boring and say every, what uh, everybody else is saying. Washington's is great. Oh, it's, Washington's is just rules. awesome. Yeah. It's it's Fantastic. hard to make a bad screaming eagle jersey. That's just beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. then the in the Capitol building colors, like oh yeah. my god, that's yeah. too. It's too bad that everybody else agrees because that thing is going to be sold out like that. I personally love Minnesota's. Eh. Uh, it's very similar to what they did in Reverse Retro Round One. Mm-hmm. It's um, exactly the same thing. They just changed the color, and I loved it then too. I just yeah, I really, it was very. Good I love then. the I homage to the North Stars. And I really like the Wilds logo. So, like, that's just a win for me. <laughs> Minnesota is among is among the best, in my opinion. Alex, another favorite? Uh, oh, the Sharks jersey. Oh, yes. yeah. The Golden yes. Seals. Love it. Love yes. it. Love it. Classic word mark. Like, it doesn't really get any better than that in terms of a word mark. They could have done a little bit more with it, I think. It's a little bit boring, but, like, the word mark makes up for it. The other one that I had in my favorite tier was uh, Vegas. I just think it yeah. looks really good. A lot of people are hating on the Vegas one, but I actually think it's nice. I think, I think it it's great. very, it's way better it than great. the last one. Yeah, the the it, red one. The I red don't like was that gross. One. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's fine. I I mean, I don't think it's great. I I mean, I think the coolest part of it is the fact that it glows in the dark, and we'll never see that on the ice. Wait, it does. They turn off the lights yeah. though when the team comes that out rules. onto the ice. Wait, what part of that glows in the dark? Um, right around the, look it up. the Vegas. There's like stars. I think that's some of the patches so cool. do yeah. as well. I think something something else does. Yeah, but like that's gonna be cool when they when they skate out and the lights are off. They're gonna glow in the dark. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's that's very cool. That actually elevates that to be one of my favorites. 
Jake, do you have any other favorites? I do. Let's go. The state of California really knocked it out of the park with the reverse retros. We've Kings. talked ducks. We've talked sharks. The Kings also did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another team I think this should be their primary logo and color scheme. Like this is just so much better than oh, the generic. I thought you were about to silver. say a different team. It's in the it's in the same tier as like Boston and maybe there's another one but I can't think of it. It's like this is great but it looks almost exactly like what you used to wear. So it doesn't really get me that excited. Whereas like last year's Arizona, it takes the design that they used in the past but they did new colors that looked fantastic. Yeah. And there were a bunch of other reverse retros that did something similar to that that got me really excited. And I love the just go ahead and do a throwback that works like looking at you Islanders that just works, you know, nothing exciting about it, but like, you don't have to necessarily overcomplicate it. Another example of that Pittsburgh, the robo pen. Yeah. Looks really good. Looks great actually. Yeah. But we've seen it before. Yeah. But I, I think it looks so good that I'm, I'm willing to put it in my like just below best tier. The three I have in my best tier is Vegas, Washington, Florida. Fair enough. Um, Islanders, they brought back the fishermen, but like no teal, every, everything else they yeah, everything else they did, like, <laughs> meh. Yeah, it, it looks good, but, it, like, it doesn't get me excited, like I was saying. Yeah, yeah. that's that's one of the ones that falls under fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Reverse Retro? Speak now or forever hold your peace? Uh, I don't think so. I don't understand why people don't like Dallas's. I think it's all right. It's just boring. I, I, like like, I, re- I really like that that specific Stars logo, though. Yeah, it does look good. Oh, so. we, we 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 didn't talk about it, but the Flyers, like just doing the absolute bare minimum. But they're bringing back the pants. The pants, they only for warm ups. Yeah, because oh, the NHL probably that's still that's still dope. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that's an NHL thing because it's not. Yeah, maybe that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's what's cool. funny is roller hockey plays in pants. Like you, you don't wear socks; you wear pants just like those. All right, well, wear your Flyers sweatpants to the roller rink. And, they're not uh, sweatpants. They look Different like material. sweatpants. They do, but they're not. Moving on. Are we finally ready to talk goal songs? Yeah, let's do it. Quick uh, quick reaction to Carter Verhage's goal song, Turn My Swag On. It's Great. perfect. It's perfect. No notes. I agree. Understood the assignment. Yep. What was Josh Mahura's goal song? If you know, please let us Josh know. Josh Mahura's because- goal song uh, was apparently A Real Life by Greek Fire. Okay, I that was a song that I heard for the first time when Josh Mahora scored a goal last night. Good for good for them to be his. I liked song it. And get played I, probably about six times this year at FLA Live Arena. Wow, you're that, giving that would six be high. goals at home. Actually, yeah, at home three three times. There you go. That's a little <laughs> um, more accurate. Yeah, I I liked it when I heard it. I just don't know enough about the song itself to come to a conclusion about how good of a goal song it is. And then Rudolph Balsers had that one song that goes like How much longer should I go on? Yeah, no, you should do the whole thing. You should have stopped after like the fourth note. I'm already bored. Boring goal song. I love Rudy Balsers. I think he has the potential to score a lot of goals. I'm not looking forward to hearing that song every time he does it. Could have done Rudy Can't Fail by The Clash. Or he could have done the Notre Dame fight song. I don't even like Notre Dame. That would have been funny. But like funny. Rudolph Balser's like had the perfect opportunity to meme Christmas season should be Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Like, yeah. or it should be Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer all year. Like, Could be. you had the opportunity to meme Rudolph Balser's, and 
You didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You fail. All right. So did not understand the assignment. For everybody else that we don't know their goal songs, because we already know Montours is the Billy Joel song, whatever. Benny and, and the Sam Jets. Bennett's is Benny and the Jets. First of all, Sam Bennett understood the assignment. Yeah. Yes. Brandon so, Montour, whatever. <laughs> so I made a Twitter thread of my suggestions for the rest of the players, and we're going to go through them real quick. Uh, we're going to start off with the captain, Alexander Barkov, and I picked the theme from SpongeBob SquarePants. What are your thoughts? <laughs> More accurately, I picked the theme from SpongeBob SquarePants. And I co-signed it, and I posted it. <laughs> um, um, I, I disagree because SpongeBob SquarePants should be for Spencer Knight, who has Squidward somewhere oh, on every that, single helmet he's ever No, owned. Hold on, Alex. Goal songs, not goalie songs. Well, Can I do a have goalie songs score for... a goal? Yes, yeah. but like I the do goalies have songs don't for them. Goal songs. I have songs for them. You do? Yes. yes, you do. Either way, also if we're going memes, um, it's who let the dogs out. I just feel like that's too on the nose. That's the whole and point. Also, everybody's sick I'm of sorry, that song. That's too on so the everybody's nose. Everybody's sick of that song. What are but the other ones? Benny that are... and the Jets isn't. Or turn my swag on. Well, no, turn that's my a swag nickname. on isn't that's too on the nose so because you different. at least have to know he's called Swaggy. Right. Fair. Um, the whole point of the SpongeBob theme song, as the suggestion for Barkov, is just the very beginning. Where it's Patchy the Pirate. Oh, to... Are you ready, kids? Oh, aye, seven. aye, Captain. Get it? Because he's yeah, the Yeah, ah, now I get it. And the All main right. reason so that you I did not co-signed read this my quickly, semi-conscious text from last night. When there, I was the, there was the player from the, the Guardians that had this as their walk-up music, and they hit two walk-offs in the playoffs, like right after it's playing all across the ballpark. It was at home. So, like, Plus, it's got like, good... Good Part of a good right goal now. song is being participatory. Yeah. So how great would it be if Barkov scores a goal? The loud, the, over the PA, you get Patchy the Pirate going, are you ready, kids? And then 18,000 people just going, aye, aye, Captain. That's great. I, I actually like that How amazing would that be? I want to move on, but I, I, I think don't we even got... care Speak, that wait, the rest that... of the song doesn't fit at all. I just want the the like 18,000 people participating in those first in those like first two little call call and response parts yes speaking of moving on sam reinhardt my height my heart will go on yeah get it because heart and also it's the song that everybody knows and everybody's going to be like near far (laughs) wherever you are it's a little too low energy for me but it, is cer- it does certainly hit the participatory mark because everyone Bonus knows points if he does the recorder version that was on all the vines. <laughs> Not happening. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Not happening. Oh, geez. Yeah, uh, there's, there's others in, in this uh, segment that are going to be in the not happening tier. But uh, what do you guys think? Would you, would you change it to something? Yes, I don't know what. It, that's just a little bit too low energy for me. Kickstart my heart, maybe? That's a good one. Kickstart my heart. Yeah, yeah. My well, my brother uh, actually. Hold on, my brother sent in a recommendation. He had a uh, you you, uh, you give love a bad name. Shot through the heart. Shot, shot through, through the, the heart. heart. Anything by the band heart. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, "Breaking the Law" by Judas Priest. Great Perfect. song. No, no, very great fitting song. for his personality. Also, I, I was surprised this didn't get any attention. This this didn't get any attention. Weirdly, because it's it's an awesome song and yeah. 
it just fits him perfectly. They're they're uh they're not American actually. They're from the UK, but whatever. It doesn't they matter. are very not American. But Eat perfect. Eat two Lustarinen, twinkle twinkle little star. Perfect. I just got that when you <laughs> sent that list last night. I was just like, oh, that's funny. Okay, so when TJ sent Alex and me this list of suggested goal songs, I was like on my way to sleep, and I don't mean I was like getting ready for bed. I mean I was in bed like in the process of falling asleep i was having another glass of scotch so i did not <laughs> i did not pick up on the twinkle twinkle little star bit until yeah. just now when i'm awake yeah no notes that, that one's fantastic that's good and the whole arena singing it yeah yeah anton lundell justin Babe. bieber's baby i i think that's great i think that's funny as hell the joke and- there just that he's a baby I mean, yeah. the people called him Baby, Baby Barkov. Barkov, his That's youth. True. And also, like, it's a song that like, wait, the opposing wait. goalie gives oh, him a goal. Hold on. We would need to change Barkov's goal song in order for this to work. But if we really want to play off Baby Barkov, what we could do is take is make Barkov's goal song whatever, and then have Anton Lundell's goal song be the kids' bop version of Barkov's goal song. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a little bit... Uh... I, that I that would be a deep cut, but that's really good. Here, the the underrated thing about this being a goal song, I think, is that if the opposing goalie gives up a goal to Lundell, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, now I have to listen to Justin Bieber." <laughs> <laughs> that's true, unless uh, it's I don't know Austin Matthews and Justin Bieber are friends. I know Austin mm-hmm. Matthews isn't a goalie, but like whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin White, Eric Clapton's Cocaine. Obviously, this would never happen. Uh, yeah, obviously, but it's it never a play happened. on white. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't breaking, think of anything else. Breaking Bad theme song. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if meth people call white. It's more cocaine. Uh, yeah. Walter White. Oh, Walter White. No, but like, no. Could also do Seven so. Nation Army. That was the other one that I was playing with. Nah, because uh, just the white. white stripes. B- Black or White by Michael Jackson. Yeah, there's Ooh, like well. a bunch of like B. B plus suggestions here, not nothing. Yeah. A this is a plus. This one's a slam. Wait, out. I have one for Colin White that what? plays off his first name instead of his last name. Okay, <laughs> Colin All Angels by Train. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a horrible goal song, though. It would be awful. But the plus side of using that is it actually does work for his first and last name because Colin, Colin, whatever, uh, and then uh, only white people listen to Train. <laughs> That is such a white person band. Like, I'm sorry. All right. As I alluded to, this one's an A-plus slam dunk, and I bet it's his actual goal song, Ryan Lomberg, Mercy, by Kanye West, Pusha T, Big Sean, yeah. and 2 Chainz. Gotta be. We're um, going to have to do a little bit of Mercy. censoring, but, like, that's so good. Well, I according you even will. Well, Colby tweeted out today that, uh, according to Verhage, uh, Lomberg has by far the best goal song. So that's a great song. So if that's his goal song, I wouldn't. That would be a fantastic goal song. Yeah, everybody loves that song. Even even Kanye West is like completely beyond the pale now. But everybody would still be like, "Yeah, mercy, mercy goes." Especially since three of the four guys on it aren't him. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, Nick Cousins again would never happen. Sweet Home Alabama. And if you don't get that joke, I'm sorry. We're not explaining it. See, I, I, but it is I, I a think, great choice. See, I think we should have gone with the reins of Castamere. I don't know that. Like, song. also, I, like, I don't good, understand but the reference. Also, like, that's too low energy. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. When Wayne Tacastamir comes on, you know shit's about to go it's down. It's such a slow song, though. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Wait, TJ, you don't watch Game mm-hmm. of Thrones? No. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. seen Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Reigns of Castamere is a great song, regardless of whether or not you've seen the show and are familiar with the lore behind the song. And I get it. like all, It's the same joke as Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Just the, lower energy. It's the theme song for the house that was where two of the main characters were brother and sister and sleeping with each other the entire show. All right, I guess we're explaining the joke. <laughs> yes, we're explaining. Well, I had to explain the joke to TJ because, you know, he doesn't know. The I didn't show. know it. I didn't know it. And then, uh, yeah, so Sweet Home Alabama. Does, it's, it's totally different reasons. Totally different reasons. That we no, it's Alabama. the same. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We also could have also could have done Dixie. Yeah, I guess so. Same joke. Same yeah. joke. I mean, this is all. This is all anything by Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Same joke. Alex, this one I want you to do. Two live crew, me so horny, Patrick Hornquist. Need I say more? No notes. Understood the assignment. It'll never and you happen. Know, and you know, and you know that if he did do it, that um, oh man, what's his name? Luther his Campbell. Name is Luther Hornquist. Campbell would be at every game. Because yeah. he's a he's a hardcore Miami sports fan. He's been to a few Panthers games. Obviously, more of a football guy. Yeah, big yeah. U guy, big Miami guy. <sighs> but yeah, this has got to be it. Like, never gonna. If happen. he can't make it, if he can't make it, his choice, like maybe some other two live crew song. <laughs> Have you ever heard two live crew? They're all it's that like the bad. instrumental part. The instrumental part, I guess. The instrumental part of that song. Uh, Aaron Eckblad. There's a good debate here. The The other choice was brought up by Jake. I went with Aaron Carter, Aaron's party. Yes. I brought up another choice. That's a fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, that one's perfect. No doubt. Yeah, you, you brought up another choice by uh, DMX. Right. Yes, I did. I, that's a thing that I did. Um, okay, so preface. I'm a very big Aaron Carter fan. Uh, Aaron's party, great choice. Very participatory. High energy. Understood the assignment. The other option that I posed uh, would be DMX's extremely good, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, X Gonna Give It To You. Great song. Now, of course, in the song, it's the letter X because DMX often just went by X, rest in peace. But in the context of Aaron Eckblad scoring a goal, it could be EK apostrophe S, as in X is going to give it to you. As in I the like goal it. that he just I scored. Think, I think people get that. I yes, don't know if X gonna give it to you. Like I, that I, would I, also I think, be a fantastic choice for Ekblad. I mean, Aaron Aaron's party which is a great meme. Ekblad just doesn't strike me as a person who's going to go with the meme. I think I don't a, know. He might. I think there's a non like there's a pretty decent chance. Like I think you've got it right with X going to give it to you. Hold on, I just want to look something up very quickly. Well, we're going to move on unless it's well, there. Yeah, but... while you're doing that, uh, uh, this one is see. not an inspired choice. I, I like this Forsling, one. Waterloo by ABBA. Just Aaron Eckblad was four years old when uh, Aaron's party was released. So that would have put him in the prime demographic, honestly. <laughs> not quite. He's uh, That would still be a little young. Um, but yeah, Waterloo, I, I like thoughts? it. I think that one's fun. I don't get it. He's Swedish. ABBA's that's Swedish. That's really it. Yeah, that's oh. really it. He's Swedish. There, I couldn't really think of anything with Gustav or Forslinger. I don't know if he even has like any. There are nicknames. no songs about geese that we or, could have used, or just the or just the background or like music a different from, ABBA song. 
like dancing queen. <laughs> that would have been funny as hell too. I mean, I guess you could have used the uh, the background noise from unnamed goose game. That wouldn't be a good goal song. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah, uh, the only Hold other on. thing I'm, I can I'm think just going to look up songs about geese real quick and see if anything. Comes All right, well, up. we'll come back to it though. Uh, this uh, one again, not super inspired. Radko Gudis, <laughs> I went with every time we touch because he's always hitting people. I mean, I think honestly, it's pretty solid just because the song, like, it's just so opposite of of what you expect when you think of Radko the Butcher Gudis. And then, then you mm-hmm. know, every time we touch and hits, like, I think it's pretty good. High energy would definitely be in its favor. Oh, yeah. The beats per minute on that song are insane. Uh, uh, the other Mark, one I was thinking of was "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," but I went with "Every Time We Touch." No, every time we touch. Wait, hold good. on. There's apparently like an actual song with words about Untitled Goose Game. That might just be like a fan song, though, that no, people wouldn't be. Familiar I don't. With. I don't think it is. Are we about to play um, it on the air? Yeah, we're about to get sued. We're about to get copyright taken down. The episode, Maybe no one's is. hearing it. I, I can't tell. All right, um, I'm going to move on real quick. It's called Honk Honk and Goose. Mark Stahl, I went with Knocking on Heaven's Door, Guns N' Roses version. Honestly, you should have just, for the brand, just not given Mark Stahl a girl song. (laughs) (laughs) This this one was mean. This one was mean. I will say that. He's old. That's the joke. My alternative choice would have been Neil Young's Old Man, but that or wouldn't have been a good goal song. Dust in the Wind? I, I get it, yeah. Helena by My Chemical Romance. Dead by My Chemical Romance. Alex, Helena is about a funeral. Uh, I know that song. Okay. All right, uh, Lucas sure. Carlson, another ABBA song, Take a Chance on Me. Yes, I love are it. You, why? Like, why are we putting no effort into the Swedes? <laughs> No, it's because we're desperate for the oh, Panthers to want never mind. them to never, want to yeah, play. No, take a Carlson. chance on me actually works for Carlson beyond being by ABBA. Yeah, and because he's, you know, a guy that like AHL. Because like the Panthers need to use him. Yeah, I mean, my other choices would have been like something like Son of a Son of a Sailor by Jimmy Buffett. Like not really a good goal song. Something from Swedish House Mafia. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I'll go with ABBA because I prefer them. Uh, and then Matt Kirstead. This one was really mailed in. Theme from The Office. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, he is a huge fan of The Office. Oh my um, god! Though I think if he had his choice, he would rather have Lazy Scranton by Michael Scott. That at least has some words in it. Yeah, I mean, he does have his choice. Hold on, we should be able to know what Matt Kirstead's goal song is because it's probably on the post that the Charlotte Checkers made about the it, Checkers it, it, goal. Songs. I'm sure it is, but like that's not as fun. I mean, Lucas Carlson had one too. All right, maybe like my favorite actual song on this list, other than Bre- Breaking the Law versus this, it would be really close. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, Boney M's Rasputin. Awesome song. Awesome it. song. I love and it. And it mentions Russia, like lots of Russia references. And it's just yeah. a banger. It's just an awesome song. I mean, and then, uh, other, Spencer wait, other, Knight, other option I, could have been Beatles back in the USSR. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been solid. I take it back. I don't think Matt Kirstead was included in the checkers post because he wasn't playing in the game because he was hurt when they posted it. 
And then Wait. the last one. So Spencer Wait. Knight. Kid Cudi, Day and Night. Easy. Uh, no, Knight Rider theme song. But he's not old enough to want to do the Knight Rider theme song. This is all think. about the meme. It is not all about the meme. This this entire segment is a mix between genuine suggestions and jokes. There. Anything that can fit both both of those is perfect. I think Day and Night does. I agree. Though I, that feels less like funny. Yeah, but it works for me. I like it. Yeah, it's a great choice. It's it's a song he's likely to enjoy also. And for anyone who doesn't get it, it's because the third word of the song title Day and Night <laughs> uh, is a homonym for Spencer Knight's last name, which is also Knight. Okay, which one was your favorite <laughs> of all of those? Which, which is your favorite for the for it to be their goal song? Uh, ooh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. All right, Jake. That's your favorite yes, of that I, entire I, list. It just makes me laugh so much. It would be great. It would be it would be pretty awesome, um, Jake. So now I have to either remember what all of them are or actually look up your list. Uh, honorable mention to Aaron's party. That one made me laugh really hard. Yeah, I was like Aaron's party was the first one that came into my mind, but I'm not sure I would actually say it's my absolute favorite. Where did you? When did you actually tweet this? Oh, there. I'll it is. send it. I would just get so pumped up with breaking the law that I'll I'll say that's my favorite. My favorite joke is the Nick Cousins one. I think Aaron's party is actually my favorite of this list. All right. Genuinely. Ekblad, if that's not your goal song, go ahead and change it. And I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, Make sure to rate us five stars on the, uh, the Apple Music Store. The iTunes store while you're spending 99 cents on Kid Cudi's day and night, as many of you probably did. Night uh, spelled with an N, just in case anyone's unaware. But it is N-I-T-E because it sounds like night, but it's actually not spelled. Whatever. Rate us five stars on SoundCloud. Spencer Knight's last name starts with a K. (laughs) I love this. I love this. Oh, God. Rate us five stars on SoundCloud. We're getting out of here. Later. Oh, right. I have the... I have the... As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.